It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. Coming up on today's show, Bijan Robinson has chosen his number, and I have some thoughts. No good, bad, and ugly. Today, just good, better, and best because, hey, that's all we got for the Braves. And last but not least, and for the culture, did Vinny Dorsey speak for the people? We'll talk about all that next right here on ATL Day Ones. Let's go. This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. I want to start off by saying thank you for making ATL Day 1 your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure that you leave us a five-star review. ATL Day 1 is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of ATL Day 1 is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On more to find more information today. Now, T. Now, you know, I'm happy to be back in the saddle today because, you know, your boy was down bad today. And then I actually got a chance to leave out the house for the first time, probably about 72 hours. For those of you who don't know, I missed Monday and, you know, I was out sick. You know, whole household got hit with a virus and, you know, and, you know, couldn't keep solace down. But I ain't going to go a little bit too, too much deep into that. But, yeah, T, happy to be back in the saddle today because, you know, when – you think about B. John Robinson, all the hoopla and everything has been coming with them taking uh, a running back in the first in the top 10, excuse me, since 2018. Saquon Barkley. That's the last time it had happened. Now he has picked his number. He picked number seven. And for those Falcons fans who want to start this conversation, who, who I'm so tired of having, you know, don't start the whole Matt Ryan, Michael Vick thing. Like, leave that to a side. What I what I think the significance in this particular situation, I believe, is that the fact that Michael Vick brought something to the Georgia Dome every Sunday. And I really feel like the expectation is going to be the same for B. John Robinson, especially since he chose the man number. So you're not saying that the pressure is coming because that was Tony Graziani, Perry Klein, Young Way Koo, Hugh Millen's numbers? <laughs> No. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Because well, of my, of my no. No disrespect to Young Way Koo, but uh, yeah, it's different. It's a little different. It's different. <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting because it probably puts pressure in terms of butts and seats, mm-hmm. but that's it. They're, they're, yeah. they're, it's apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges. If Bijan was under center, yeah, this would be a compelling conversation where we would really be like, hey, you have got to show and prove. But ultimately speaking. We're talking about a running back, right? And yeah. we're talking about a quarterback. And there's there's a slight difference, number one, in the pecking order, right? right. It's QB and then it's the rest of y'all. Let's just be honest with that. So when Michael Vick gets that number and when the rest of the world wears that number, it hits different. That's I'm just saying. That's number one. And number two, I think that when you look at the what Michael Vick did to revolutionize the position of quarterback. Yes. We all kind of knew he was probably going to do that. Right. I don't think anybody's expecting Bijan Robinson to revolutionize the position of running back. What he's able to able to do or capable of doing, it's already been done. Now he might yeah. do it at a level that maybe we haven't seen quite, but 
to me, it's just a bit of an apples and oranges comparison. Yeah, like, and, and I'm with you. Like, like you said, we've seen dynamic running backs before. It's just the fact that people just don't draft them in the top ten anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you know, we talk about five years. Like back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, back in those Dallas Cowboy days and the yeah. San Francisco 49ers or the nineties and all that Detroit stuff. Lions like running, days, you know, Lions running yeah. backs. You know, you just get drafted top number one overall. You know what I mean? Yeah. So those are some of the things that like we just aren't used to seeing. But like mm-hmm. once he hits the fields, and we're like, oh, okay, we've seen this movie before. You know, we've seen guys got to be dynamic and be able to be used in different slots. And I think that Arthur Smith is going to going to do a good job of that. And Mm -hmm. and but I just think that, you know, it's interesting how, you know, here we are when Michael Vick was drafted, you know, in the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and now we're still talking about his number, you know, 20 some odd years later. (laughs) So (laughs) it just and, and, and being somebody who grew up in Atlanta and understood the dynamics when you walked into the Georgia Dome on Sundays at one o'clock, like the man used to put on a show. He was must see TV. So and, and I feel like B. John Robinson should be that too, you know, um, given how, you know, the, the draft capital that you use to, you know, take a guy like that. So everybody seems to be on board. Like this dude is, a, I can't miss prospects. So mm-hmm. I, I think we'll be well fit to see what's going on on Sundays as one o'clock rolls around. Now, T, now speaking of Sundays and, and NFL football, now, the college football has, has done it. They have answered the prayers of people, big-time college football fans, and they're going to be moving to a 20, not 20, a 12-team playoff. Eventually, probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. We'll probably get there at some point. I think I've turned into a profit for a hot second, but I, I think they're, they're going to be moving to a 12-team playoff and do the start in 2024. And the, one, the thing that really stood out to me, T, is the fact that the college football, they scheduled it where – they wouldn't interfere with the wild card um, rounds on Saturday and Sunday, and they're going to start the semifinals on Thursday and Friday. So you're going to have at least what five games on those Thursday and Friday being played in the college football um, playoff I mean, semifinal. Then on Saturday and Sunday, you're going to have the uh, NFL playoffs, and Monday is what you're going to have one game on Monday. So you're going to have five straight days of straight up knockdown, drag out, important football team. Which is great, except that you have to be so very careful because there will be situations like when you go into 2024 and there are going to be games played on campuses on Saturday, December 21st, for example. And when you start thinking about the 21st of December, a Saturday, that's still if there's an NFL game uh, on that weekend, that is still prime real estate for the NFL. So it'll be interesting to see when you have those the, the NFL ball and college football bumping heads who's going to prevail who is going to prevail now i i don't know it'll be interesting i think some of it will be will depend on who's playing on a saturday in the league to be honest with you and who is playing a significant game uh and it is a a significant uh team if you will or a significant program right so if you have alabama playing on a saturday december 21st and no offense to the Detroit Lions. But if you have a team like that playing against <laughs> no shade. Uh, you know, on that Saturday, that's no who wins. Yeah. The, the, the pseudo NFL team called the Alabama Crimson Tide, they, they would win that that race. So for me, I think it's it's good. It's going to be intriguing. And like you said, the excitement will be around the fact that we get more quality football multiple days because I'm willing to bet that a Thursday college football game 
that has playoff implications is probably going to be better than the product we've been seeing on Thursdays from the NFL since those Thursday games were instituted. Absolutely. Uh, I wholeheartedly agree with you on that because the NFL has been struggling trying to, you know, make those games divisional games. So, hey, they can mean something at some point, but it just haven't worked out. And I think that, you know, as we go along, you know, Amazon picked up, you know, the broadcast, which have been pretty, they've been okay. They've been yeah, it's fine. Been better. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but yeah. you know, I, I think that, you know, you have college football is, is a whole different beast in my eyes. When you see hundred thousands, hundreds of thousands of people sitting up in the stands on a, on a Saturday, I think that, 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 that fan base is a little bit deeper when it comes to watching games during the week, because kind of used to it right we used to um, college football on thursday you know some some even some conferences are now playing on friday as well so yeah i, I think it's going to be something to, to keep an eye on because well i think in 2026 they're going to make sure that those you know the schedule doesn't you know kind of interfere at all um but you know yeah. we'll see how they they're going to work it out because mm-hmm. at the end of the day when you're talking about having home games in the first round of the playoff team on site cool. that is like, I think that's pretty cool. Money, 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 money. money. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be good but for I, the fans as well. So Yeah, and I like yeah. that because I feel like that's incentive. Not that there are any college games where you can take off because literally you might be a one-loss team and find yourself or could have been a one-loss team and find yourself out of the college football playoff period, right? So there's right. no game to really take off in college football. Even your cupcakes, you got to be careful. Yes. But I feel like if that to me is more incentive. Wow, we might actually get a game at home in this postseason, you know, this new version of a postseason for college football. I also think that's a great incentive and it gives another opportunity to have some quality college football leading up to that championship game. Absolutely. And and I think that right now where, you know, where where we are in just, you know, viewing going viewing college football and and companies like ESPN trying to figure out if they want to go fully digital or streaming and breaking off from these cable companies. uh, I think this is going to be so fascinating to watch to see how they negotiate these things. And from especially from, you know, uh, a broadcasting rights standpoint. And I think it's going to be something to keep an eye on. Uh, one another thing that you got to keep an eye on that we're going to talk about next is the fact that the Braves are doing their doggone thing on the road, and they continued that last night. Bryce, I hear balling on y'all folks. We'll talk about that next, but first we got to talk about our folks over at Built Bar because guess what, guys? I just came back from the gym. I'm out here getting my workout on. I'm getting my sweat on. I, I was hungry as soon as I got out that door. You know what I put in my mouth? A doggone Built Bar. That's exactly what I did because it is the best protein bar you can get. They got all 100% real chocolate in that joint. And guess what? 17 grams of protein. And they got all the new flavors and they, the ones that you love. And they got some new ones as well. How about this? The churro, which is Absolutely amazing. Have you gone to a Mexican restaurant and, and, and tried it out? I think you need to do that. It tastes exactly the same, but it, it's also combined with that good old chunk puff and the ch- 100% real chocolate. So here's what I want you to do. You can either go to built.com like we've been telling you to do. You go there. If you're cool with that, that's fine. But if you want to go into the store and check out what's going on, make sure you go to Sam's and or on Walmart. If you want to, you can go to Walmart, get the small box, or you can go to Sam's and get the big boy box. For me, I'm a big boy, so I want to go get the big boy box. So make sure you head to Built.com or Sam's or Walmart to go load up. 
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Speaking of load up the, the Braves, they kind of like to load it up on the Marlins. They yes. started this series in Miami the same way that they started the last series against the Marlins, not just with a win, Jarvis, but a shutout when we remember that just over a week ago, about a week and a half ago, started out 11 to nothing, right? So mm-hmm. it's like on repeat, not maybe as much as a massive beatdown. <laughs> But still (laughs) on repeat because you still got uh, some of the same things. You got power hitting, but you got not just the home run, the long ball, but you were able to get on base with runs. You got solid pitching and you got stellar defense once again. So six to nothing was the final in game one of this series. And Jarvis, like we said, sometimes we come to the table and it's the good, the bad, the ugly. But today for the Braves, it's all about the good, the better, the best. So many positives there. Number one, you're coming off that loss to in the Mets series, but you won the series, but then you've got to travel down to Miami and you're wondering, first of all, and we don't want to get into this too much, but just, I'm just saying this to make you smile. First thing I'm wondering is, okay, are we going to try, are we going to get a hit by pitch on Ronald Acuna Jr.? Like, or, uh, like you could, because you know that that can be an issue with Miami, yeah. but we didn't see that. Yeah. It was a clean game from that perspective last night, which allowed us to just watch it and just enjoy the good of it. The good being, let's start there. Ozzy, Albies. He scored his eighth run of the season in the win. And Ozzy's just been doing it because scoring eight runs, that puts him in, I believe, like the, he's 26th in the league. Something crazy, right? Mm-hmm. For what he's been able to do. So not just that, but in RBI as well. I think he's like maybe in the mid-20s there too. And so again, I'm looking at Ozzy and I'm saying, wow, Jarvis, we talk about all of the heavy hitters, and don't worry, guys, we're bringing you the heavy hitters in a minute as well. But uh, I wanted to start out with Ozzy because I think he's one of the good goods that we don't talk about enough. And check that, Jarvis, tied for sixth in the league for home runs. Yeah, he's right up there. The with most silent assassin that the Braves have in the lineup. And he's right up there with Matt Olson. Matt Olson is right, right there in the same pocket as well. So that's the one of the things that, you know, uh, Ch- John Chucker is talking about on his show on Hitting Hard. You can check that out. Make sure you guys check that out. You know, he always has an opinion about everything. And, and but to me, I feel like he made a really good point when he talked about how important Ozzy Albies is. Like, if Ozzy's bat is going like it's been going this year, like, this is a very scary lineup. I mean, and we and not even talk about, you know, all of the good things, but Austin yeah. Riley has been struggling. He's been kind of struggling, yes. you know, after getting off to that top three in a batting order, getting off to such a hard start. He's kind of falling off as of late. Mm-hmm. So when you have a guy like Ozzy coming in and, and doing his thing, I think this is a team, a lineup that is, is murderer's row, as you want to speak. And then you got Michael Harris coming back. So when you have a guy like, a guy like Ozzy, because Ronald Nephew is doing his thing. He's back. He's 100%. But when his when when, when the homie, when, when Lil Cuz is out there doing his thing, Ozzy Albee. Little Cuz, yeah, I just gave him a nickname. That's that's his name. With nephew and little Cuz out there doing that thing to you, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch. When he turned that 
Uh, what probably would have been a single for, for normal folks, he turned it into a double and ran it out. Of course, he lost the, uh, the trademark helmet flying off his head. Like, those are some of the things that just makes the Braves just such a beautiful thing to watch. And I think yeah. that when you have a guy like Ozzy getting it rolling and he's seeing his homie out there doing his thing as well, this is something that teams need to be on the lookout for because yeah. – this is a scary team right now, too. Right. Because and you that's why have I called Bryce him. Elder doing his thing, too. Right. And that's why I called Ozzy Albies the silent assassin because Absolutely. we've had that conversation about Matt Olson and how he had the hot start. We've had that conversation about Austin Riley, but I feel like preseason, right between, you know, that space between spring training and the opening of the regular season. I called Ozzy Albies as my guy. I said, if right. he gets going, that's going to be my guy who's like your sneaky MVP, meaning obviously Ronald Acuna Jr. is the best player on your team, but mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to do what you want to do, which is get back to the World Series and possibly win it, unless until Ozzy Albies shows up as old Ozzy and we're starting to see that and it's just exciting. So that's our good, our better you just called him Bryce Elder, a.k.a. Mr. Consistency. He's gone at least six innings in seven of his last starts. Of course, last night it was a seven-inning, three-hit outing, and he bounced back from a not-so-good outing just five days ago. And that's the kind of thing you want to see because that's what consistency is all about. It's not always every outing you have a great outing. Sometimes consistency is you have a little bump in the road and you bring it back, right? So Mm -hmm. I thought about this. I said, man, oh, man, here we go with this amazing pitching rotation. You've got Max Fried, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, Kyle Wright, and then Bryce Elder, but other than the hiccup in the last start, it's like, yes, we know Bryce Elder is fifth in the pitching rotation. But remember, we were also talking at the beginning of the year about Dylan Dodd and Jared mm-hmm. Schuster. Mm-hmm. We're not really talking about Bryce Elder that much. But now you're feeling like he's the third best maybe in the group so far this season? Oh, easily, hands down. And because you talk about a consistent standpoint, you have Max Free, you know, who had his, you know, injury issues and, you know, um, not injury yeah. issues, but, you know. Um, yeah, so, did, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have his injury issues and you have, you know, Charlie Morton, who has been, you know, working through things and, and doing his thing as well and, and showing up, you know, at what, 39 years old, <laughs> you know, going to the mound. So I think that. When you have a guy like Bryce Elder, like you said, six at least six innings at seven out of the last eleven, and you know that consistency, you're bringing that consistency, even if you aren't like on it, no own runs, no walks, and all that stuff, but you still yeah. kind of giving you enough to where your lineup can pick you up, and we've seen that even with Spencer Strider as well. We've seen the lineup pick up the uh, the starting uh, starting rotation if need be. So when you have a guy like Bryce Elder doing his thing, he's and he's the type of guy that, you know, he doesn't get all, all the fanfare, all of the, you know, the hype and everything coming into the season or even even same thing last year. When he came in, he just did – he just do it. He just came in and produced. And that's what we've been seeing as of late. And I'm super excited when we're talking about a guy like Bryce Elder – when you've had guys who were 21-game winners last year and, and guys, you know, Cy Young candidates and everything like that. And if, if we're not talking about them, like, I, I think the Braves right now are in a really good spot. Yeah, and he is, like you said, just someone who we always – he stays under the radar, but he is consistent with his, and he is so powerful with it. Like, he was going back and forth between sinkers and sliders, and it's funny because there were a couple times as I was looking back at it even this morning – and I was like, 
Okay, by the time the batter figured out that it was a sinker, it was already strike. I mean, it was already mm -hmm. done. So he's yeah. that fast. And I love what he said as well. At those few moments, those rare moments last night when he was, quote unquote, out of control with his pitch, it was one of those things where even if it wasn't his best pitch, he was he liked what he saw in himself. And that's because he still had the ability to come right back and have command on that very ne next pitch. So when you hear that consistency from the pitcher himself, Bryce Elder, you hear Brian Sticker giving that same comment, or you hear that from Michael Harris II. That's a beautiful thing. And of course, we always love when we see an ERA that's 1.75 and 32 strikeouts. That is also a good look because Jarvis, what you needed last night after the rotation, excuse me, the bullpen has been just worn down and worn out. You yes, needed Lord. him to go seven <laughs> innings. So it's just a beautiful thing. But let's be honest. Good, better, <laughs> best. Ronald Acuna Jr. How do we know? Because he won the NL Player of the Month Award for the month of April. This <laughs> yes. guy is on fire. I mean, in every category, he's either leading the majors or he's leading the National League. So we're talking about hits. We're talking about stolen bases. We're talking about on base and slugging percentage. Everything, he's at either the top of his game across the majors completely or he is at the top of his game across the National League. And he showed just about all of those weapons last night, Jarvis, just a day after Tyler McGill hit him by pitch and his shoulder, the way he went down made us all gasp like, oh, not again. Guy comes back, gets a double, drives in a run, steals a base, and it was like an acrobatic steal of a base. 14 bases leading the NL. Is there anything that this guy can do? Because I feel like the, at this point, we all think about the fact that, yeah, he owns the Marlins. That's clear. That's why I said it was shocking that he didn't get hit by pitch again. But Jarvis, the way I see it, it's like, is he looking to own everybody this season? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He coming for everybody's neck. You know, you better protect it. Like uh, Wu-Tang, uh, uh, a famous proverb you said about uh, Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, they are, you know, they are they are those type of guys. But, yeah, I think with – with a uh, nephew, uh, I'm not surprised by this. I, I know people, you know, talk about have we've talked about his greatness and, and how he is and the cap his capabilities, yeah. and to be able to see what we are seeing experiencing right now, I'm not shocked. He, this man is amazing. He is an amazing player, and he was what a couple a couple of feet away from a, a grand slam. A grand slam. And I'm just like. Man, this dude is about to take this man deep uh, to oppo, go oppo taco, as my uh, my main man Brian Jordan used to say on the broadcast. You know, I need to bring my boy back, man. Y'all stop playing around. But yeah, I think this is something that you know I, that was expected um, because we knew the man said he was a hundred percent. So I am not shocked at all that that nephew is actually out there doing his thing, and I'm going to expect it. I'm going to continue to see it because he is exactly what we thought he was. Everydayers, if you want to weigh in on who you feel is good, better, and best for the Braves, let us know. You can drop it in the comments section when you check us out on YouTube, or you can follow us at our Twitter handles right here for you. If you want to DM us and let us know your thoughts about ATL Day 1's overall or about the topic today, absolutely drop us a comment because we appreciate you being with us from day one and we appreciate the fact that you are literally literally bringing your friends along for the ride so don't forget tell them about youtube because they can check us out and see who exactly is jarvis who exactly is Tanitra. here they are and of course if you guys are riding in your car and you don't we don't want you to we want you to be safe we don't want anything yeah. to happen to you on the roads here at atl then you can download us wherever you get your podcasts 
and listen in on ATL Day Ones wherever you are in the streets. But T, this is For the Culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, and the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about. Because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. We've got a couple of topics for y'all, and i gotta, and got to run this by T to kind of see what her thoughts are. Now, you know, you know the NFL draft just passed. There was a, 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 a young man, young man, you know, yeah, he's fairly young, by the name of Vinny Dorsey. He had the Falcons outfit on. He announced the seventh-round pick, you know, the safety out of Alabama, Hellams. And there was somebody who tried to go old school with the whole 28-3 to 3 joke. You know, those those aren't going away, Falcons fans. Uh, you know, maybe until the Falcons bring us, bring us a Super Bowl to this city. You know, but, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But I think it was kind of cool, though, for him to acknowledge it within the pick and say, oh, yeah, 28-3, we've heard that before. And he, the funny thing, Vinny was like, he thought he was going to get in trouble for it, but absolutely, he got a lot of response once he, uh, the NFL gave him his phone back because, you know, it's like secret society up in that bad boy. He got his phone back and he saw all of the, the texts and everything. People were just, you know, were so cool. And, and Rich Eisen and all his folks, they had lost it for about about. 30 seconds to a minute on air laughing. So I think it was just overall just a cool moment. But do you think he was speaking for the people, T? Oh, definitely. At least for the Falcons fans. Because if you're not a Falcons fan, yeah, 28-3 will always live with you in perpetuity. You'll get a Super Bowl and still... Petty folks around the league for the other 31 Saints, man. Yeah, but you could have had two by now, but 28-3. So it's never going to go away. So you have to have an attitude like Vinny. Be prepared for it and have a response because he, I mean, he literally went the dozens in about two seconds. Yeah. And it was absolute gold. (laughs) Yes, I absolutely love it. Uh, You got to love, you know, uh, guys being on their toes like that. Like, because as a person who, you know, Take the Joneses or the, or the Joan and how, wherever you're from and however you refer to it. I just absolutely love that. Now, now T, got to get to this before we get up out of here. Now, you know, in Yonla, Vazant. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> she was talking to a young lady, you know, uh, who's a prominent lawyer. Uh, her name escapes me. Please forgive me for that. But Ebony K. I, Williams. There we go. Yes. There we go. Um, she, she, she was asked, <laughs> would you date a bus driver. And she seemed like she kind of fumbled around with her response initially, but she repeated the question. The question was, would you date a bus driver? And, and I do response have Alan. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I do. And she like, said, she said. It's just a bad time for the allergies to kick up. But. <laughs> right. It's funny how that works. <laughs> and she said, her response was, was got a lot of people up in arms. She said, No. <laughs> And she will uh, only date a bus driver, T, if he owned the bus. Thoughts? Well, <laughs> so I'm going to try to say this in a way that you people don't come for me. But even if oh, you do, you people. <laughs> because guess who has a microphone? Mitra and Jarvis, period. Here's my thought on that. Because it would be easy for people to go in and be like, oh, she's being bougie because she's only going to date the owner of the bus driver. Well, As little girls, your dads teach you that everything in life should be an upgrade, right? Anything that you do in life should be an upgrade in some way, shape, or form. Now, a lot of times dads are telling you to upgrade financially, like seriously, because they want you at a minimum to be able to live the life that they gave you if, you know, it was a good life. Right. So a lot of what informs women is that setup from their dads or their uncles to say, hey, you're the princess, you're the prize. 
and whomever you go after should be someone who upgrades you. So theoretically, the bus driver can't upgrade you if you're the person with the degree who has, and not even a degree. Let me let me back that Advanced up because degree. I know how yeah. people feel. But mm -hmm. if there's a bus driver, what, like what's his game plan? What's his game yeah. plan to evolve? That's what the commentary was on the bus being an owner, right? So right. no, no different from hey, if you're the uh, manager of a store. Like, do you intend to become the director, the regional sales person? Do you intend to franchise this bad boy? Like, where are you going with this? Or are you going to just be the manager forever? And if so, what are the other things driving it? So I would give my uncle as a case in point, right? So mm -hmm. his wife, they, they both are college grads, but his wife ended up being like an IT manager, right? So of course they right. make more than say the supervisor or the manager. I think ended up being a manager at a physical plant. Now, again, both college educated. So they were both making a decent amount of money, but it is one thing. Physical plan is another, but my uncle Amen. was ridiculous at knowing how to invest, knowing how to pay his house off in half the time, knowing how to pay everything in cash. I mean, anything you ask my uncle to do, it's not even a question. Sometimes you just get a check in the mail just because I love you, Tanitra. So that's where the question becomes because he was always elevating. He takes care of that same wife, right? Because right. he went into retirement 15 years before she did. Yeah. So Context is king, T. Yeah. Context it's, is king. I, that's exactly. how I look it's, at it. There it is, yeah. Jarvis. Such a great point as a man yeah. for coming from you to understand yeah. that it's about yeah. the context. And again, I don't ask for anything that I don't bring to the table. And yeah. that could be in any area, financially, physically, mentally, spiritually. So yeah, if you're the bus driver, and I'm out here trying to get, you know, go from my regional job in sports to my national job in sports. I am going to ask you what your game plan is to level up. And if you don't yeah. have one, we could be friends. And, and, and I, I like the point that you just made. Like you at least are at least willing to have the conversation, right? Because yeah. seemingly from her response is like she ain't going to get to do the time of day. And I think a lot of times people, you know, want to say, oh, she's um, leveling down or lowering her standards and all that stuff. Like my whole thing is like have an open mind when it comes to if, if a relationship is really what you want. Right. Like because you like you never know how things are going to go. You never know. You might spark something in that man. And I'm not saying that you have to do that. I'm not. Right. Don't get me wrong, ladies. I know y'all watch our show, too. Um, but there is a some value to what you bring to the table. Like if you're bringing a certain level of thinking or from a, because you know, men, we have the big vision. We have the big picture. Mm -hmm. Women handle the details. That's just yeah. how things are, are working. Like that's yeah. how they work. That's how they work for me. At least let me say that, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I, I, <laughs> so, so I think that, you know, I just thought it was very interesting that like she responded that way. And to see some of the backlash that she's received, I don't think necessarily think, her response should warrant that, but I think that she should have an open mind to as to the, how she interact with certain people, mm -hmm. and don't necessarily judge just because oh he's a bus driver and he doesn't own it, so I ain't gonna even give him the time of day. So yeah, yeah. and I think we as humans we also have to give grace because yeah. I knew exactly what she was trying to communicate. She just didn't do it effectively. But that's yeah. that meaning Ebony K. Williams in her question and her response to her own question, but also even Ayanna Van Zant. I felt like she was pushing the narrative of, no, you should, you know, that's why we have the issues that we do because you don't want to yeah. drive the, the uh, you don't want to date the bus driver. But then even she had to go later in that conversation and give some context to what she was trying to say. So yeah, yeah sometimes we have to give grace and you 
gave the perfect word, contextual, contextual, contextual is what we need to be concerned about. Real quick, Jarvis, because I know you have an outro for us. Just want to lift up some thoughts and prayers. I just left my other gig in Midtown and none too soon because there is a suspect at large. There's an active shooter in Midtown. So prayers up that uh, our Atlanta Police Department will be able to apprehend that suspect. But in the meantime, let's just cover our people in Midtown because I know that's the second time in as many months as that we've had an active shooter situation in, in Midtown. Amen. Uh, first of all, and, and thank you guys for, for rocking with us. And we appreciate you guys. We appreciate T for bringing it up. And because we all know that when these situations come about, the people that have to go out and go go get those bad people. Um, we 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 hope that they continue to do that and are able to continue after the fact. You know, once they apprehend the person that needs to to, to go on about their business, I just leave it at that. All right, for people, if you don't do anything else, want to make sure, especially on a day like this, you, that you share love, show love, and most importantly, spread love. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.